Hello and welcome back to Hayden's Entertainment Hour. Today, yes, I'm going to be talking about the cultural phenomenon that has just come out, Obi-Wan Kenobi. So Obi-Wan Kenobi is one of those shows that I think revolutionized the Star Wars universe. Um, oh god, not him again. Come in. Hello, Brian. What do I owe the pleasure? Bless my soul, what's wrong with me? What do you... I'm in crippling debt. I'm running out of co-hosts to bring on. You've just killed about everybody that's tried to make this financially... One's for the money. Two's for the no. show. Three's to get ready. No. Now go, cat, go. Brian, I was joking about an Elvis review. You know that, right? Right? Tutti Fruity. Brian, oh, Rudy. Brian, please, in the contract that says I can veto any movie, right? You're talking about Elvis with me. Because Eminem did a song on the soundtrack. It's... And I know that you're the biggest Eminem fan ever. 8 Mile is your favorite movie of all time. You listen to every single one of his albums Why every single day. Why are you squeezing day. my arm? Because. Brian, you're breaking my forearm. Brian, I don't want to talk about Elvis. Brian! Well, if you haven't guessed today, Brian and I are here to talk about a movie we promised on the podcast. The new Elvis biopic. Um, oh. God almighty, I was not looking forward to this brian wasn't looking forward to this I... oh i was i will tell you honest to god i was looking forward to this oh, okay because i wanted to see how bad it would be i needed to be exorcised exorcism you need an exorcism i needed this to movie. be exorcised elvis himself could have used one but um yeah so this movie is directed by baz lerman um a lot of people know baz lerman yeah baz lerman is a director i always like to refer to as the cocaine director his movies feel like they're on yeah. a mountain of cocaine this movie very much is a baz lerman film if you have not seen a baz lerman movie brian has not i felt like I was having a stroke. Yeah, that is what all these movies feel like. They are massive strokes. They are movies that don't stop for a second. This movie has some slower parts compared to most Baz Luhrmann movies, like The Great Gatsby and Moulin Rouge and stuff like that. But for the most part, this movie is an adrenaline shot injected straight into your arm from the beginning, and it does not stop. And it was about two hours and 38 minutes. Yeah. Minutes. Yeah. Um, I was heavily surprised when I walked out of the movie theater and discovered looking at my phone, it was 104 a.m. Mm -hmm. We went into the movie at 945 and there was like those 20 The movie started at 1010. Yes. Yeah. Like yes. there was those credits and yeah. we were at the I concessions. Check, I, I always make sure to check my phone right when a movie starts. Yeah. So it started at 1010. Um, Had the worst fucking opening credits sequence I've ever seen. Yeah. It, visuals in this are not great. But yeah. So I was shocked how long it was and how long it does feel. Many people have said like this is a long ass movie. And I was like, oh, they're just saying that. I saw the Batman and I don't feel the three hours that much. Yeah. Like you do it parts, but like this movie, yeah, I could yes. feel it fucking dragging on me. What and about the four hour cut. God, I hope that doesn't get released. I hope I, it does. At this point, please no. But um, we both saw it. We've sat through it, and uh, not a fan of this one. It gave me a headache. <laughs> yeah, it gave Brian a big headache, and I guess the lady next to you during the movie oh, also. Oh fucking god. Okay, so the lady next to me, uh, I, I don't know for sure but i don't know if english was necessarily her first language i couldn't tell mm -hmm. but the whole time throughout the movie she kept leaning over to the person uh you know that was with her and talking just loud enough to be louder than anyone else in the theater was talking uh she kept singing along with the songs and i mm -hmm. heard her yeah um i heard her clap a couple times she pulled out her phone on full brightness multiple times uh, and I think I heard a couple snaps from her. 
Uh, and it, it, it deeply enraged me. Yeah, and on my side with my buddy Matt, we kept hearing an old couple that got surprised by, like, all the biopic cliches. Like, as soon as Elvis starts doing drugs, oh, no. As soon as he cheats on his wife, oh, no. And these were old people. Yeah, like, old, people old people. who were around when Elvis did this shit. Yeah, and they were surprised by all of it is what amazed me. But, um... You and I both watched other biopics that we've seen before yeah, millions of times. Yeah, we did kind of like a biopic roundup before uh, we watched this movie. Yeah. I watched Rocket Man. I technically kind of rewatched Walk the Line, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. I intended to watch John Carpenter's 1979 Elvis biopic, but I couldn't get it anywhere mm-hmm. because it's impossible to get without buying a physical release. Um, and then we both watched at least most of Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. Yeah. I, yeah. So I was Rocket Man, watched Walk the Line, and then I didn't get through all of Dewey Cox, but I've seen it enough to where I'm like, okay, fine. Yeah, I know what happens. Good. Um, great movie. Yeah. And I did not watch Bo Rap because I fucking hate Bo Rap. And it's I, been a while since I've seen that. And I found it for free on YouTube. So I was like, you know what? The whole movie was free. It was illegally uploaded. Oh, fine. Fuck it. I don't care. And there were two different videos that I found of it. One of them had terrible audio quality, and the other one had slightly better audio quality. Oh, that's nice. Um, But yeah, that fucking Bohemian Rhapsody. I was like, there can't possibly be a biopic that's kind of worse than Bohemian Rhapsody, right? (laughs) Well, Elvis, ladies and gentlemen, might... Before we get into this, did you watch any more other than Rocket Man, Walk the Lion, Walk Hard? No. Okay. No. Okay. Um, so sure. yeah, we might have found a biopic that is possibly worse than Bo Rap. I still will concur. I think the worst biopic is the Tupac one, All Eyes on Me. I haven't seen it, so I can't say. That one blows. It is a terrible biopic. It's almost an insult to Tupac's really? career. It's oh. fucking really, really bad. Um, okay. But I would say Bo Rap is like my second tie for that as worse because it's just a bad biopic. As far as things go... Elvis is my... <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and then I would say Elvis probably could tie with Bo Rap. But yeah, this movie's not good. Um, the marketing's very manipulative. The 80% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, not it deserved. I, it was definitely bought. Yeah, it was. Warner Brothers was like, okay, we've had some bombs recently. We fucking yeah. need this to start doing well. So I would not be surprised if they took the Disney route and was like, here's a large pile yeah. of cash. We don't know for sure, yeah. but I'm assuming it was yeah. bought. Um, um, God, where to start with this movie? Um, let's, let's start off with a little Austin butler main elvis right yes at first like the first half of this movie it felt like an impression yes it was it was just straight up like rami malik levels of elvis and Mm. okay it was a little bit better than rami malik yeah i would say better Uh, but it was definitely like uh, doing an elvis impersonation and not like you know fully enveloping the character yeah uh and especially like Later in the movie, it got a little bit more Las Vegas, like mm-hmm. Elvis impersonator. Yeah, it's and I, I couldn't. I never had a moment like Rocket Man when mm-hmm. we when we saw it back in the day. You know, twenty nineteen back yeah. in the day. Uh, I remember uh, when we were watching it. I turned to you at one point and said, "Oh my god, I thought that was Elton John." Yeah, I never had a moment in this movie where I was like, "Oh my god, I thought that was Elvis." I never had a moment like that. Yeah, because there was just nothing about Austin Butler that said Elvis. No, nothing at all. And I think the craziest part of it is that watching this movie, when I look at Austin Butler, I was like, okay, the second half he's getting better. Like, he hits some of the emotional beats better, but it's still that problem of, like, it's an impression, not really a performance. Like, sure, you could argue, like, when he actually has to get down to his raw roots and deliver some emotional moments, he does work, but it still feels like him with that goofy Elvis impression at times, which dragged it down for me. 
Um, I will say the songs he has to sing himself because he did. They took the Rocket Man route, which I'm really proud. He sang yeah. Elvis's songs. Does very good job for the most part. I was pretty impressed he could handle the vocals and all that. Yeah, and- I would say uh, I I went into this expecting like, oh my god, he's gonna fucking you know ruin these classics. I I never been the biggest Elvis fan, but he's gonna ruin Neither these classic I. songs yeah. and uh, we'll get into the music. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I was actually like kind of impressed because he did actually a decent you know uh versions of these songs that mm-hmm. comparable to the elvis versions almost i would say it's yeah, been a while since i've listened yeah. to some of them but yeah definitely at least kind of comparable and you know almost did the songs justice yeah almost almost, almost. Um, oh we'll get into the almost yeah um colonel tom parker played by tom hanks colonel tom parker we are the same you and I we are two odd lonely children reaching for eternity Elvis Presley Elvis Presley I am a snowman I am the con man mine was Italian for some reason I know it's just it's a bad Dutch accent it's terrible Tom Parker was a Dutch immigrant a legal Dutch immigrant yeah uh, which is kind of a plot point of the movie um minor uh and he he was what was I saying? Oh, yeah. He was yeah. the uh, manager slash whatever of Elvis Presley for most of his career. Or, no, all of his career. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, up until he died. Um, and Tom Hanks plays him mm-hmm. and does the worst fucking Dutch accent I've ever heard. God, it's terrible. Uh, when we first saw the trailers, I believe you turned to me and said, a southern accent. I thought so. And I believed you because I thought it was also a southern accent. <laughs> it's funny. I thought he was just doing a bad southern accent. Yes. And it turns out it was just an awful Dutch accent. I know. Like, it's hard for me to do a Dutch accent, as you could hear earlier, obviously. I just did an Italian accent. Yeah. So, like, it's hard to fucking do Dutch. I understand that. And you should pick a Dutch actor if that's the case. I get the reason they chose Tom Hanks. He is an American sweetheart to most, and he can sell tickets. He is a name you recognize. Yeah. But that does not always mean the recognizable face is a good casting choice. And here is a fucking good example. Because this whole movie, he delivers every line in that stupid fucking goofy Dutch accent. And it kills any moment of tension in this movie instantly. He even runs in the fat suit and looks ridiculous. It's just the makeup and prosthetics too are bad on him. They are bad. What? Walk hard. What the fucking the Jewish managers... It was ex- it was literally the exact same thing. It literally might have been, like, yeah. Uh, do it. You'll need to go to Rehab. Yeah. It's like, it's the exact same fucking thing. It's just with a Dutch guy instead of a Jewish guy. Yeah. They really do a lot in this movie to make Colin O'Parker out to be the bad guy, basically. I, there were points where I thought they were making trying to make him into a sympathetic character. Yeah, that too. But, and we'll get into the bullshit of that a little bit as the movie goes on, but, like, a majority, 80% of this movie blames, like, most of Elvis's pitfalls on Colonel Tom Parker, which is true in some aspects. I'm sure he definitely did manipulate him, but... But I also have no sympathy for Elvis. Yeah, (laughs) I am not within the realm of reason to believe that fucking Elvis did some terrible shit himself without his influence, and... I'm glad biopics like fucking uh, Rocket Man are quick to say, no, Elvis was an asshole at times. Like, he fucking betrayed a lot of his friends and family sometimes. Who did I say? Elvis. Oh, fuck. Elvis John. <laughs> Elton John. <laughs> Anyways, um, Elton John, I do like that in Rocket Man, Elton John did that. He was like, I was an asshole. Yeah. I did treat my friends like shit. Bo Rap, the whole movie no. is... No. <laughs> 
<laughs> Fuck that movie. Because it was... No, no, no. I, I was okay, going to say go how ahead. Bo Rap does it kind of like this movie. Bo yeah. Rap, the whole fucking time, the band's like, oh, Freddie was just a dramatic asshole, and yes. he was a diva, and he broke up the band, which is not true. Not true in the slightest. Like, sure, he was probably a diva asshole sometimes, but he's yeah. not the sole reason for it, that. It's the same It's the same exact thing as if, like, they, have, they haven't, but if they... I mean, they have. Yeah. They're all low budget. Um, a Beatles biopic... And they were like, oh, Yoko broke up the Beatles. Yoko mm-hmm. broke up the Beatles. Mm-hmm. And they make her out to be this terrible person. Yoko broke up the Beatles. And then we got this fucking documentary from Peter Jackson that was like, no, that didn't happen. No, it didn't happen at all. <laughs> yeah. Like, that would be the exact same thing. It's like, they're just rewriting history to fit their narrative because they the person's dead and can't defend themselves. That's exactly what Bo Rap did. That's what ex- exactly what this movie did. That's... Walk the Line didn't really do that. No, I don't not think. really, no. Because um, Johnny Cash was still alive up, up until, like, just before the movie came out, I think. Johnny yeah. Cash died. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's, like, a really common thing in biopics for those... If, fucking Straight Outta Compton, Easy e mm-hmm. They made him out to be this, like, terrible person, this yeah. asshole, and everyone else was, you know, perfect saints and everything. Yeah. And it's, like, it's not fair to the person because they can't no. defend themselves. Yeah. And that's the whole thing is that manipulation. Um, Tom Parker does ruin a lot of the movie, and that's, like I said, it's a bad choice with Tom yes. Hanks. I. I do want to say, I haven't seen Amadeus, but mm-hmm. my belief is that this movie kind of follows the Amadeus approach where they have, like, kind of the bad guy mm-hmm. tell the story yeah. of the famous person's life, yep. which probably worked for Amadeus. I know that's, like, a beloved it, movie and It everything. does work for Amadeus, For this movie, this. it doesn't fucking work. No, because you have to listen to that bad Dutch accent mm-hmm. the entire time. Um, the actress that played Priscilla Presley, I liked, thought she did fine. Yeah. However, the age gap between Elvis and her in the movie the age gap between Elvis and Priscilla in real life was about what 10 years I think is what we did the math yeah, for yeah 10 15 and something like she that was, she was 14 uh, Priscilla was 14 and Elvis was god like in his 20s I yeah, guess tw- 20s or 30s yeah something like um, that I can't do math. Um, <laughs> 24 or something like that. And Austin Butler is 30, and the actress that plays Priscilla is 24. So they almost got the they age almost, gap right. yeah. But in the movie, they do not mention the age gap nope. at all. They nope. don't make any reference to it. They make Priscilla out to be this mature woman that, I mean, uh, they do kind of reference it where Priscilla's like in her room talking to him. And he's like, oh, my dad doesn't want me to talk to you mm-hmm. and stuff. But the rest of the movie, it's just like, you know, she's a, you know, the perfect wife and everything. Yeah. Which she was groomed into and everything. It's like, oh my God, do yeah. better. Um, I guess now we'll get into the meat of this movie. So if you're wondering what the yeah, meat potatoes. If you're wondering what the story is of this thing, it's basically just Tom Parker's account of Elvis's entire career before he dies, basically. <laughs> the because intro. Yeah, the intro is him, and it's so fucking goofy. <laughs> He's like reaching on the top shelf for Christmas cards, has a fucking heart attack, presumably, falls over yes. with the Christmas cards, and it's like, if you're wondering who that devil is on the Christmas cards, that's me. And the guy next to me is Elvis Presley. And then fucking comically taken to the hospital and then he wakes up and goes no they i'm pa- not the they reason go past the international yeah. hotel <laughs> yep. uh and they have the star trek uh experience or whatever the fuck it was yeah. called uh and then he looks back over at it and it's uh transforms back into 1973 yep. and it says elvis at the international hotel yeah. it's like what the fuck is yeah. happening here? and then he senilely like walks down the casino with this fucking <laughs> iv drip sits at a table and we will cut back to him at various points in the movie where he's like wanna make a bet and he pulls on the slot machine mad man with these 
this fucking white haired, he's bald, he's like, ah And the mafia guys come up at one point in the movie and be like, you're outstanding, dads. He's like, they're at the table fucking scatterbrained around. Like, it's fucking hilarious. It's such a hilarious choice to open the movie with. God, the fucking movie is hilarious. Yeah, but the the first act of this movie is pure Baz Luhrmann. It does not slow down. Oh my God. It is like cuts every fucking five seconds. (laughs) They never sit still. And like, the opening story of it just is kind of all over the place because it starts off with Elvis towards the end of his career. Then we jump back to him as a kid, basically. And then it cuts back to how... cutting back and forth. It's so weird. Colonel Tom Parker basically discovered him because they're like, oh, we got this kid who's singing a lot of, you know, soul music and stuff. And they say some racist stuff because at the time they're like, oh, well, you know, uh, black people... He's singing the black music. They'll never never sell black music. But he's white. Yeah. The culture vulture that Elvis is. Yes. Um, they at least reference it, but they don't really go that deep into no, it. No, they don't much, which we'll get into. But yeah. yeah, so he discovers him, and then he goes to see him perform at the Hayride Festival or whatever it is. And at first, it kind of talks about how Colonel Tom Parker was working with a guy named Hank Snow, who's just like a folksy country singer. Yeah, nice he was like clean. a you know, 1940s, 1950s country singer, kind of like the... You know, the Hank Williams type yeah. or something like that. Yeah, and... Which is probably... I don't know if Hank Stowe was the real guy, but if he wasn't, he was probably based on a Hank Williams type. Yeah. Um, and Tom Hanks discovers him, goes to his first performance, and it's a pure Baz Luhrmann thing where it's cutting back to, like... I get he's trying to do a symbolism thing here because... Elvis Presley grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood, a segregated area. And so he was influenced by a lot of black culture, black music, stuff at the time. And it's very clear Elvis Presley stole a lot from black culture. I mean, the movie does a good job at times showing how he, like, stole Hound Dog and he stole a bunch of soul songs and stuff. Elvis has never written. No, never. None of his songs are original. Every single one of his songs were written by somebody else and performed by him. Yes. Which is... He's supposed to be the fucking king of rock. (laughs) King of rock can't write his own fucking songs. Um, That's my whole fucking problem, basically, is how the movie will be like, well, it's okay, because they're like, oh, well, you're a famous white boy, you'll make more money. No! If Elvis was a good fucking human being, he would prop up these people. I I saw one message from a friend that says, the most unrealistic thing about this movie is uh, Elvis caring about race politics. Exactly. It's like, yeah, Elvis didn't really give a shit about that. No, he really didn't. Like, I... Fucking, there's always this thing. Uh, I watched a little bit of a documentary about Elvis, and they were like, Elvis never forgot what it was like to be broke. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> he kind of fucking did. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like I said, the the whole like hayride sequence where he sings is pure Baz Luhrmann. It's cutting around. It will constantly cut to shots of his dick thrusting, <laughs> and then it would cut to the women in the audience who are just like horny it's as straight fuck. Straight up walk hard, do we? It is. It copies that movie to a T. Yeah. Like they're getting out of their seats, screaming, horny as fuck, grabbing him. Yeah. It reminds you so much of fucking Dewey Cox, which I'm sure Baz in an interview would be like, "Oh, well, that's a reference to Dewey Cox or some shit like that." He's Australian, Hayden. What? Fuck like, off! Oh, I can't. That's uh, a reference to the, Dewey Cox. Dewey Cox. <laughs> would you shut the fuck up, woman? I've been down in the mines for forty-eight hours. Sorry. Anyways. Sorry. Um, <laughs> But as we fucking go through this, like, it's just Tom Hanks being like, he was forbidden fruit. That girl was feeling feelings she should not feel, basically. And it's so comically thrown together because it essentially shows how he was like, oh, I'm going to turn him into a star, but I can never get the kids to sit still because he's being influenced by all the young people around him. So 
How they get rid of the young people around him is in the stupidest fucking way possible. Elvis walks into a funhouse with a bunch of mirrors, and he like tells and the carny this, worker yeah. to shut them all in different fucking rooms. And I, in the canon in my head was, oh, they're all fucking dead. He had them like their throats <laughs> slit in some shit. You don't see them for the you rest. You don't see them the rest of the movie. Um, and he's like, all right, Mr. Presley, I'm going to help you fly. And it's so quickly done how they just throw like, oh, I'm gonna sign a contract. Oh, I'm gonna bring my mother on. Like it's gonna be all these things. I have to break up with my girl friend at the time like they just throw it all together it's so Baz Luhrmann to where like I appreciate some of the stuff he does like there's a shot where Elvis is singing and it cuts to his head in a crafts table or like it'll go into someone's eye and transition into a record yeah there were cool some really shit great like that transitions yeah like movie. that's good Baz Luhrmann shit it's just the way he tells stories is the reason like his great Gatsby adaptation does not work that and the excessive use of snap zooms that too snap zooms also are fucking prevalent in this but as the story goes along, it kind of makes, like I said, Elvis out to be, you know, the victim at first because he's not really used to Which, it performing. I will say, to a degree, it, yes, Elvis works, was a yeah. victim because he was like the prototype for, you know, boy bands and rock stars and Correct. everything like that in general. Correct, yeah. So there was like this whole testing grounds and he was kind of screwed over by that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he was kind of a victim at first. Yes, at first. But and then towards the end of his career, I guess. Yeah. The first time we really get to see it is when he merchandises Elvis. He's like, We're gonna sell Elvis fucking uh posters, Elvis, Elvis CDs. Elvis the game. Yeah, Elvis El the game. Elvis CDs yeah. back in nineteen forty. He, he had a fucking Elvis bucket hat and I was like, No. Yeah. I'm sorry, no. There there was some error inaccuracies. In yeah, there were. Like there was a guy who had like a fucking seventies style beard or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like mm. <laughs> No. Um but they, they basically spend that majority of the movie building it up and then it will cut to Elvis going and visiting Beale Street, basically. Mm -hmm. And here's where they have the first Doja Cat song tie-in, where it's Hound Dog sang by her in a remix, and it's not good. Mm -hmm. Not good, does not fit the movie. It felt very out of place. Yes. It also I I don't know if this is a good thing to say. It felt a little racist. Did you feel that a little bit? Like the song? No, the way he shot the scene. Because everybody's like staring at Elvis like a white knight. Mm -hmm. I have huge issues with that. Yeah. Humongous issues. Because we're in an era now where we're moving away from that. Like the white knight character. And Baz Luhrmann brings back the white knight role as he's walking in a black neighborhood. I have yeah. several issues with that. Yeah. Like the, the fucking culture vulture who stole mm -hmm. from black music and now he's going into a predominantly uh an area that's predominantly populated by uh black people mm -hmm. oh pick up uh and they're treating him like a fucking god even bb king oh yeah even bb king um which Dewey cox again there's this straight up just mentions him full name <laughs> almost every single time yeah B. B. king how you <laughs> and it, it's like the scene's fine where he goes and visits bb king because yeah. it does show like bb king help influence him like be yourself basically which yeah. is ultimately what elvis becomes is himself as the movie goes on but he, he goes like be yourself basically it's most cliche way ever he says it and then the movie has like the most piss poor handling of elvis at the time being canceled basically because they're like oh my oh, god yeah i have a complaint about that there you go. Okay. Go ahead. So uh, they try to do this whole, you know, connection to modern day cancel culture. Yes. Where, yes. Uh, you know, back in the day, the fucking religious people were like, Elvis is uh, destroying the minds of our children because mm -hmm. he's playing that uh, gosh darn uh, rock and roll music and wiggling his hips and everything. And he's going to make all the girls no men exist. Uh, <laughs> so, so there was this whole thing back in the day where they tried to, you know, 
canceled. They tried to ban him. Yeah. They, they wouldn't have used the word canceled. They, no. They would have said ban, or they would have, you know, called him the devil. Or, no, they do. There's a newspaper clipping where it goes, they, the devil. and like, uh, Elvis the pelvis. Yeah, Elvis the pelvis. Yeah. And they also talk about, like, uh, he's bringing black culture to right. We need to keep segregation a thing. Yes. Like, it's so fucking clichely handled. Yeah. It's so bad. Don't, um, don't forget when they um, when they show the assassination. Well, they don't show the assassination, but mm-hmm. they talk about the assassination of Martin Luther King, and they make it seem like Elvis cared. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the most comical fucking thing about this whole like Elvis cancel quote unquote tour is when they cut back to like him going into the stadium to do the whole uh, live concert thing. Mm-hmm. Remember, because the police were like, "You so much as wiggle a finger, oh, yeah. you're getting back I, in the squad okay, car." Okay, so I got up and used the bathroom at that point. Yes. So you'll have to explain that. Yes. To me. So. At this point in the movie, like, Elvis is basically being, quote-unquote, canceled because, oh, he's, yeah. he's moving too much, he's representing black culture, blah, 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 all this, like, things the racists at the time didn't want. Yeah. And so they're like, well, you have to be a straight man, you have to wear a butler suit and go sing and stuff. Like, Tom Hanks is basically making him to be just, like, a boring generic singer, yeah. like a Sinatra uh, or something. Yeah. Um, and... You know, they do show, like, a really goofy scene where he's standing there and an actual hound dog comes out on a cart. And it's cut like the hound dog is like, I know what you fucking are, basically. It's dumb. But anyways, so Elvis gets told by B.B. King at that point, like, be yourself. And so as he goes to this fucking live concert and he's, like, told don't wiggle a finger, don't wiggle anything, basically. He goes up on stage and it cuts to the mayor of the town with fucking Confederate flags behind him giving a speech about segregation. And it is so fucking goofy because they try to, like, do some symbolism there with Elvis doing his whole fucking dick thrusting and having a seizure on the ground and shit like that. It it was so exaggerated. It is. Oh, my God. The way that he emotes with his face when Mm -hmm. he's singing and everything and the way that he moved it's so fucking exaggerated but yeah i i did see the fucking confederate flags in the background uh we should mention that there's a lot of fucking green screen in this movie there is and it's not good it's not good it's so we'll get into the worst of it later but yeah it's (laughs) oh my god yeah but anyway so elvis gets taken off the stage ultimately elvis is sort of canceled because they discover tunnel or Colonel Tom Parker, you're not a fucking U.S. citizen, He's my an guy. Immigrant. Yeah, you're an illegal yeah. immigrant. We could just throw you out of the country if we wanted to, but they don't. I'm surprised because at the time I feel like you would be, but eh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> but uh, they should throw him out for the bad fat suit. <laughs> that should be the reason. Um, oh my god. Yeah. So Elvis gets quote unquote canceled, and his punishment is either like basically years in prison or joining the army basically which elvis did go to the army that's a whole real thing he was basically told you have to or go to prison so they have this whole moment where they build up to like elvis goes to the army and his mom dies because she drank and worried so much now while that might be true like we can't obviously sit here and go well that may not be true it does feel kind of bullshitty it feels very dewey cox yeah very dewey cox and a little kind of on the nose but i you know i understand what they were setting up there because they have to have a reason for colonel tom parker to become the bad guy narratively because after his mom dies and he like obviously before he leaves is like crying and stuff his dad can't become like the man of the household to lead him i don't necessarily know if they portrayed his dad accurately probably not they make him out to be quite a pussy in this he's a bit of a bitch yeah 
Um, because then Colonel Tom Parker basically uses this as an opportunity to be the father figure that was there for him. And yeah. this is where the movie goes a little bit off the rails for me because then it just starts like fucking going through his life as quick as it can because it's like, once Elvis went to the army and came back, he was a movie star. And like it does show some of the famous films he starred in at the time yeah. and all that. And then it's just like the shitty B-roll ones he was doing. And it all leads to a culmination of what I like to call the messiest second act I've ever seen because... By the time Elvis comes back, he's married to Priscilla, they have their first kid, and it shows, like, he's gonna do a big Christmas special, because they've merchandised him into a goofy B-list actor at this point that does Christmas shit. And like you said, it leads into the MLK assassination, where they try to make it seem like Elvis gives a MLK shit. MLK and Bobby Kennedy. And Bobby Kennedy, they which some, is later. They, for, 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 for some fucking reason, they skip JFK. Yeah, um, that's odd. Did he not care about JFK? He liked Nixon. God, Elvis, what the fuck, uh, man? He, 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 there's that like a Netflix thing where they talk about where he met up with Nixon and everything. Remember? No. Uh, anyways, um, yeah, they they both reference the MLK uh, assassination, the Bobby Kennedy assassination, and the Sharon Tate murders. That's true, the Sharon Tate murders. I yes, forgot. which is ironic because Austin Butler. Was, was in Once Upon a Time yeah, in Hollywood. Yeah, and that's, plays one of the Mansons. That's a nice tieback. That, that is a good tieback. But anyways, I don't know if they did it on purpose. Yeah, <laughs> so this is the point in the movie where Elvis is like, I'm tired of being like this product, basically. And he calls these producers that are uh, for the new fucking Christmas special that mm-hmm. apparently helped turn some careers of like the Rolling Stones and other people around, basically. Okay. Um, and so these producers are kind of like, well you know, we think your career's in the shitter. Like, you basically are a fucking yeah. joke. And Elvis is like, well, I gotta turn my career around, you know? I gotta I gotta show that I care about this stuff. And so, the first moment he kind of comes back to true Elvis is when he basically disregards Colonel Tom Parker's whole, like, I'm gonna do a cheerful family Christmas thing. And he comes out dressed in all leather, and he's singing yeah. all of these soul songs and stuff again. And it's like the first protest. I think the movie handles that well because it does show like Elvis yeah. wanted to be something different. He wanted to be a star, which because um, he knew like, this was at the point when the, you know, the British invasion was happening, yeah. the Beatles and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. At least I think it was. Um, so he knew the time, the times they are a changing. Yes. Like that, uh, that's definitely something that I feel like every movie needs to focus on whenever they make a biopic like this. Yes. Is, yeah. You know, the, the, I mean, fucking walk the line and stuff oh, yeah. like that. They always, there's always a good point to focus on. The times they are changing. The fucking uh, guy or girl needs to learn uh, how to change with the times, or they're gonna be the fucking the way of the dodo. Yeah, exactly. And so after he does that, like the producers are pissed, and Parker's like, "All right, we gotta turn this fucking around. You're gonna not sing. the producers, the sponsors. The sponsors are like, all right, we're gonna pull the fuck out of this, basically. And Elvis." doesn't bend at first and it's even after the kennedy assassination they're like you gotta say something about this elvis the nation needs this right now and here comes tom hanks no he has a christmas special to put on and blah 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 and like there's supposed to be this moment of tension where he's like that's fine don't sing it but if you cut me out who will pay for all this blah blah blah. he's like blackmailing him it's supposed to be serious but it's so fucking goofy because of the accent it's so bad and so ultimately Elvis doesn't break, which is amazing. It still shows, like, he was a rebel that wanted to do his own thing because he sets up this whole thing where this big sign that says Elvis and he sings a song, I assume, which at the time was supposed to be powerful. It's about, yeah, like, it the nation's like protest like, yeah, uh, like, song. Like, yeah, even the newspaper headlines they show was, like, Elvis protest yeah. song. And that might have been the only scene in the movie where I was like, holy fuck, he can feel like Elvis here. Yeah. But 
it doesn't work when it cuts back to Tom Hanks in the yeah. goofy fat suit and Christmas sweater with the bad comb over staring out the fucking window with a cigar pressed against his hand. It's so fucking goofy. Oh my god. You know what he kind of looks like? Who? Fat bastard. They <laughs> should have just had Mike Myers. <laughs> Honest to God. Well, he could have done a good Dutch accent. He played Goldmember. Yeah. So he could have done it. He honestly could. I, I genuinely had something I was going to say, but I forgot it. That's fine. That's perfectly <laughs> fine. But so after this is where we kind of see like Elvis started to transition into obviously, like we said, more rebellion music at the mm-hmm. time. He was helping the nation heal, quote unquote. Well, rebellion, rebellion music. era. Music and, that he stole from others. Yeah. So at this point, he's basically pulling away from Tom Parker, which the movie makes a point of that. Oh, yeah. I was I was going to say like the whole movie is essentially Tom Parker just gaslighting Elvis. Yeah. That's the whole thing is it's making him out to be the worst manager ever. Yeah. And this is where Baz's style dies a little bit is when it starts to get into the serious, serious quote-unquote part of the story um yeah. and elvis is being told like you don't really need tom parker anymore and tom parker how we find out the reason he needs to keep elvis is the most goofy fucking thing ever he's at a craft table going hit me hit me and the fucking guy's like you have no money for your outstanding debts yeah. we hope this doesn't get messy and like we said earlier it's cutting back to senile old him at the table looking <laughs> around <laughs> yeah, basically having his joker moment and so yeah. That's when he fucking greenlights, like, I need Elvis. So, presumably, he puts on this whole fake heart attack thing to, like, lure Elvis in. No, I didn't even think about yeah, that. And Honestly, he, the movie was so fucking... Bad, yeah. Uh. Yeah, and Elvis comes in and is like, I promise, Priscilla, I'm gonna cut him off and we're gonna go on this international tour and things are gonna be okay. He walks in... This is predominantly where things get kind of bad because he shouldn't believe it. He knows this man is a professional snowman, con man, basically, and fucking always does this shit to get under Elvis's skin. So uh, he fakes the whole thing like he can't walk, basically, and he gaslights Elvis into being like, well, before you go on tour, I have a deal for you at this new international hotel where you play there for six weeks and it will finance your whole fucking trip to Europe, basically. Yeah. His whole, you know, Japan and everything. Yeah. Uh... And, you know, it's, it's it, these are some of his iconic later career performances yes. that were eventually televised. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, he's you know, it's full... This is full jumpsuit era Elvis. Yes. This is Elvis with the full, like, white jumpsuit and those weird-ass fucking glasses yep. and the overdone hair and everything. And it, 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 it's, it's, it's almost great almost is like correct. it's still terrible but it's like it's almost to a degree where i'm like all right i can kind of enjoy this yeah um but anyways how tom perker convinces him to do it is he tells him not only is it going to financially happen but he has full reign to do what he can on stage yeah which is true i did not know that before going in because my grandma was like you're gonna enjoy his vegas stuff because you believe it or not he got full say in that i'm like no grandma that feels like bullshit and she showed me like an article and all that i was like okay so the movie's probably not gonna do this no it does like elvis got to pick his band everything like he got to make it all the cultural things that he grew up with which i think is pretty cool that's the only thing baz lerman may have gotten right he got the full dewey cox yeah he got the whole full dewey cox and like his performances are very good like i will admit austin butler like i said yeah. singing wise like he does do the fucking hand motions and full fucking he thing does the on the karate floor. shit yeah he does that 70s kung fu elvis basically which i love like they're the dewey cox thing jack jack white god damn it this is this is fucking dewey cox dude it, it should be um but anyways it kind of showed like elvis was ready after this to move on but 
once again, Tom Parker is comical. He's so comical because he sits down with the owner of the casino and it's like, my boy Elvis will play here anytime, I promise you. And the guy's like, well, you know, if you can get him to play here for five years, what was your fucking rate? And so he writes five million on a napkin and then the owner signs it and technically Tom Parker signs it. I thought he wrote it on the tablecloth. Did he? I thought it was a napkin. It, it was huge if it was okay. a napkin. I think he wrote Elvis's deal on the tablecloth and then like the whole no debts, free credit yeah, the shit no on debts the napkin. Okay, that's what it was. Um, and Tom Hanks is so goofy. He's like, pleasure doing business with you. And here's the thing that doesn't work for me with that. One, Elvis never legally signed that himself. Yeah. Two, it's fucking ludicrous to me that the owner of a casino that knows this man has a gambling problem and is not reliable for money would give him free instant fucking credit. Yeah. No. Maybe it's maybe it happened. I don't know. But it feels like a plot device that would not realistically happen. Also, this leads to more gaslighting from yes. Tom. Uh, where he, he goes backstage after Elvis's, like, what, first performance at mm-hmm. the uh, hotel? Yeah. And... He, he starts to, I presume, fake cry. Yes. Uh, to make Elvis feel bad. And, uh, you know, he's giving him all this bullshit about how he needs to stay and do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just so goofy because he's wearing that fat suit. Yeah, and his bad come over. And I can't over. take him seriously. It's, and Priscilla's mad at Elvis for... Yeah, kissing different women in the audience. She... she initially was mad about that but then she's like even more mad that tom is still with him mm-hmm. which i i don't blame her i i don't blame her for either but i think she should be more mad about the kissing yeah it should be okay <laughs> and then this is where the movie slowly makes elvis out to be more of a bad guy because he starts doing hard drugs oh he's on those hard drugs he's sleeping with multiple different women hard drugs that he's being medicated yeah med- medications <laughs> and he's sleeping with different women which yes he did do that it's fucked up obviously but like those are the two things that they only make him out to be bad for in the movie which is why i have a hard time believing it like i said rocket man fucking they show elton is a he's a prick sometimes in the movie basically yeah. It's very self-deprecating. Yeah, even, like, there are some moments in Walk Hard where you can see Johnny Cash might have been in the wrong, Walk you know? the line. Or Walk the line. <laughs> walk know, Hard uh, is a fuck, fictional movie. Shut up. <laughs> but, yeah, Walk Hard even has moments like that, too. But, like, it's it's nice to see that some biopics... very real Dewey Cox. Yeah, biopics are good when they actually acknowledge, like, the person does some shitty things. I like that. But they're... Yeah, only when they don't go overboard and make it them the exclusive person who did this. Correct. Very much correct. And that's kind of my problem a little bit with this movie is that those two things, the pills and sleeping with women are like the only things that make Elvis out to be terrible in Mm -hmm. this. And it feels very unrealistic because Tom Parker is also to blame for those things. They they exclusively put all of the blame on Tom Parker, which I get a degree of but they didn't do as good at acknowledging that, you know, Elvis made a lot of decisions on his own that were really shitty, too. Oh, yeah, he did. It's, it, 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 it looks like it's starting to rain. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's very much the, um, kind of the bow rap effect. True. Where, you know, both are dead mm-hmm. by the time this movie was made, but one is a lot more beloved. So they were able to make him more of the good guy. Yep. And the other one had already had, like, a bad a public eye, mm, Tom. Yep. Uh, so they were able to make him the bad guy. Yep. And it's it's very much like... Very much like uh, the victor chooses the 
um, the story. The spoils, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, here's where the movie then starts to go off the rails again. So, as if it wasn't. Yeah, ta- ta- it goes back to its Baz style a little bit more here. So, this is where once again comical fucking Tom Hanks is gaslighting everybody around him, like we need more security, we need this, and there's a fucking hilarious scene. I died laughing where he throws his cane at the fucking glass picture and it breaks. Oh, like Tom yeah. Hanks has a mental breakdown and throws it. I laugh so fucking hard because it's so comical because he struggles so hard to throw it because the suit is probably uncomfortable to do yeah. anything in. Yeah. Um, I'm mad we did not get the cut scene that I saw on fucking uh, Twitter where, and I'm sure it's good in the four hour cut where Elvis gets in an elevator and Tommy charges and goes, Elvis, you stop right there. I hope that's in the fucking four hour cut that comes out because I want to see fat Tom Hanks fucking sprinting towards an elevator. It's such a good fucking clip. Oh my God. Um, But yeah, I really hope that's in the four hour cut. But this basically leads to Elvis just relying on drugs, you know, thinking is when he goes on tour. Yeah, his life is in danger because basically Tom pays people to plant people that are plant shit outside his hotel room like I'm gonna kill you and then uh, two guys from Peru run up on stage but they were just overexcited fans yeah but it's he uses his karate moves yeah he uses his karate moves only two people know only two people know karate Um, it's probably Chinese and the king (laughs) and one of them's me one of them's me Um, but yeah they they make it out to show like he was basically gaslighting and making him paranoid because that's what made him stay in vegas for those five yes. years that, and that was very much a real thing yeah it was elvis was very parent like there was a there's a story where uh a real story where jerry lee lewis uh okay this is more like a paranoid jerry lee lewis i guess yeah but jerry lee lewis showed up to graceland because he wanted to meet up with elvis but apparently had a gun and elvis just would not let him in wow fuck you tom parker I mean, I get that's the point of the movie. But. Yeah. But... What, were, <laughs> what movie were you talking about? Uh, oh, the new um, Black Phone. Oh, yeah. Go see that instead. I haven't seen it yet, but I go see either. it instead. Um, but yeah, anyway, so we start to see Elvis's life fall apart more. Priscilla leaves him because he's a drug addict. And then um, the other guy in the movie, Jerry, who was like one of his managers or something yeah, like that. Yeah, at first, at first when I saw him, I thought it was supposed to be Jerry Lee Lewis, but then... It wasn't. Yeah. Um, he basically tells Elvis at one point, like, too late, basically, in his life, hey, fucking Tom does not have a passport. He's not a legal citizen, basically. He tells him all this as Elvis is having a fucking presumed, like, drug overdose almost because they have to dunk his head in the water to make sure he stays conscious and everything. Okay, this might have been when I went to the bathroom yeah. the second time. And this is when Tom walks in and is like, I don't care. He has to get up on that stage. And they ask his, like, they ask Elvis's fucking dad, should he go to a hospital, right? And in this moment, you'd think, movie's going to do the right thing, and his dad's going to take him to the hospital. No, his dad's like, well, he doesn't have a gig to attend to. And it, it's supposed to show, like, his dad just was so fucking, like, he literally was, like, kind of a bitch. He just did whatever Tom said. Yeah. And so it leads to this moment where Elvis kind of drunkenly and full of drugs calls out Tom, calls him an alien, yeah. all this shit. Okay, Basically, that's like, what I came back to. Yeah. He says he's fired, right? And Elvis is going to pack up all his shit and go on his international tour. And then the movie has this moment where he's like, fine, if your son wants to fire me, here are all the outstanding debts. Like $8 million. Yeah, which I'm like, uh, wouldn't which, Elvis have a shit ton of residuals, though? Yeah, but the story is that he spent all of his money on cars, cars and, and shit. clothes we and women. We never see many of these cars, but they presumably happened. We saw two of them. We saw two cars. Um, and the jet. He did pay for that. That's the, true. Yeah, the airplane. Um, but basically, it cripples him into the point where he can't go anywhere. He has to rely on Tom for the rest of his career. And he's miserable as fuck. 
And in the last scene where he talks to Priscilla and presumably says goodbye to his daughter forever, yeah. it's a really touching moment because I thought this was the only part of the movie where I was like, God damn, that's effective. And it's when fucking Priscilla's like, you need to go to rehab. And she's like trying to talk him like she still loves him. And he knows deep down he can't at this point. Like she's talking about do the Star is Born movie with Barbara Streisand. And, you know, he's like, I would do it with Barbara, but. You know, and he like acknowledges he's past that point. Yeah, it's a great last moment, which I think is probably the best like physical performance from Austin Butler in this last moment, where he says, "I still love you," and gets on the plane, waves goodbye, and then dies off screen. But but that whole scene is undercut yep. by a terrible green screen effect. Correct. Uh, and it's so noticeable that I immediately went, "Oh." when we saw when i saw it yeah because of how bad it looked yeah um this was the whole thing we were referring to but yeah this uh this is the point when we pretty much get late era las vegas uh constant elvis Mm -hmm. when he's you know he's gaining weight he's on drugs he's Mm -hmm. in terrible health and you know it is it, it is sad it's fucking depressing yeah but I also feel no sympathy for him. Yeah, because they, they make it out to be ill. They, they don't show him having a heart attack on the toilet. Missed opportunity. Thank- yeah. <laughs> I don't want to see Austin Butler on the toilet. <laughs> um, well, did you want to see him in the fat suit at the ending? Not really. Because that also looked terrible. That, that, that was terrible, but it did lead to like a okay transition into the showing real, real footage Elvis, of Elvis. Yeah. Um, Which was a decent, nice touch. Yeah, and I do like at the ending that they showed all of, like, the footage of Elvis talking about, like, what music meant to him. And they did show him, like, in his, you know, fatter stage and all that and hopped up on drugs. And it's nice they end on, like, a final line where he talks about being the king. Mm -hmm. Then then, they play the Eminem song. Yeah, then they play the Eminem song in the credits. Well, the movie ends with, like, oh, well, Tom Parker finally got in trouble. Yeah, it does the generic, you know, uh, biopic. Oh, uh, this is how the rest of their lives lived out. Elvis died in 1977. Uh, Tom Parker ended up going broke and just wandering around casinos, Mm -hmm. uh, constantly playing games and doing slots. And then he died in, like, 19-something. Yeah. Uh, Priscilla was groomed by Elvis just fucking nuts but the movie ends after that essentially we had people be like oh that's so great and they get up and left they didn't stay for the Eminem song like we did where we the the two women next to me did that were talking the whole time they stayed for the song that's true um Oh, I should mention, the other songs we skipped out that were in this movie, there's a Denzel Curry song in this movie also. And I genuinely like Denzel Curry, and it's disappointing that he's done um, a song for And then movie. they did a mashup of Britney Spears' Toxic with one of Elvis' songs. I must have missed you did that miss one it. of the times I was um, But it's fucking funny. It was really funny. Um, I'll look it up. Yeah, but, yeah, that's the whole Elvis movie. We just basically gave you the plot, we gave you the problems with it, so... And it's only been 40, 45 minutes. I know, we actually kept it under what I expected, yeah. so... We didn't go a full two hours and 38. Yeah, but this movie's not good. That is essentially no. the message at the end of the day. I would not recommend seeing it unless you were a huge Elvis fan and you have to possibly see Like the see woman it. next to me was. Yeah. She was singing along with the song. She would go, oh, oh, and she would talk to her friend the whole time. Yeah. You will likely, like, the general audiences are going to eat this up. This is this year's Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm just going to say that right now. Straight up an Oscar. This is an Oscar movie if I ever saw it, just because of what Bohemian Rhapsody 
for has him. done to biopics. Yeah. yeah. And so that's the disappointing thing is I'm sure like we will get another Rocketman type biopic one day. It just has to come from a competent director. Yeah. I think the issue is studios like safe biopics. Like, Bo Rap is a very safe biopic. This movie yeah. is a very safe biopic that won't offend people. And that's the biopics they want to make money because Rocketman did not make a whole lot. And it's mostly because, you know, it leaned into Elton John. Yeah. Walk the Line was uh, pretty popular, wasn't it? It was. I mean, it, it didn't was, make a, I, We were children. Yeah, it didn't make a shit ton by today's standards, but it did make a decent amount. But that's the yeah. whole thing is like stylized biopics are not what studios like because they're like, oh, well, we're not going to get a big return on this. We're going to get some Oscar nominations, but they want safeness. And that's what has me scared about the future of doing any other big musicians is that they're all going to play out like Elvis's and Bo Raps. Yes. I want more Rocket Man's Walk the Lines, even Dewey fucking Cox. Like, I would prefer I would like love that. another fictional biopic like that. Like, uh, the, the what's it called? The Rudels or whatever? <laughs> yeah. The fucking uh, one put on by one of the guys from Monty Python. Yeah. But, like, that's the whole thing is this movie, this movie sucks. The, you know, cinematography's flat. CGI is shit. Um, the acting is mostly shit. Snap zooms. Snap zooms. Tom Hanks is the worst fucking part. He deserves a Razzie. If he gets an Oscar nomination this year, I am fucking... The Academy will be full racist forever. I can't fucking do it. Because yeah. there are so many other actors this movie that deserve a supporting role versus him. It's fucking... You mean this year? This year. Not this movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, some, hey. of the, some of the side characters... Hey, yeah. All right, fine. Um, but yeah, this, this whole movie fucking blows. Yeah. And I... I would say I was interested uh, in the actor that did play Little Richard. Yeah, he does pretty I, I good. I presume that's Little Richard because yeah. he very much lived up to the Little Richard uh, oh, yeah. mannerisms and everything. Yeah. Um, do you have a score you'd like to give it, sir? Okay. I didn't. I didn't like this movie. Mm -hmm. I probably hated it more than I hated Bohemian Rhapsody. Which you therefore, gave it two out of ten. Therefore, this movie gets a one out of ten. Ooh, that's spicy. So. I'm like you. I this would be down there with the bow wrap for me. So I can't decide if it's better to give it a three out of ten, like I gave bow wrap, or a two. I think I'm leaning more towards. Go, go fucking, for the two. I think a two. Yeah, that's fair. So two it's out of ten. Just because for now. this movie was worse than bow wrap in my and in, in in my opinion. Yeah, that's fair. And it's it's very much like attempt at being stylized and not doing it well at all. Yeah, I understand that, but. That's, and it gave me a headache. Yeah, that's kind of my whole thing with this movie is that I'm not going to say just, you know, give it money to go see it and be like, haha, that sucked. Just don't see it. Or wait till it's on a streaming service because this will be on or HBO Max. It. Yeah, this will be on HBO Max by August, maybe July. Even. Oh, it's going to be. Oh, it's, yeah, it's Warner Bros. It's a yeah. Warner Bros. movie. So just wait till it's on HBO Max and then skip through the parts. Or that be suck. like me and punish yourself. Yeah, and go watch it in the I, I, I will say, I did genuinely. I genuinely was looking forward to this movie. Like I said that at the beginning, but mm -hmm. I genuinely was looking forward to seeing this movie yeah. because I knew ahead of time that it was going to be terrible. Yeah. And uh, I, I desperately want them to release the four-hour cut. Oh, it will happen. It oh, will. it'll happen. This movie's going to be fucking... Oh, so big. It's yeah. going to be the... It's going to be a blockbuster of the summer, probably, mm. until something good comes out. Yeah. Um, that being said, there there's not really a whole lot to say. Next might be Thor. Next might be fucking... Black Phone. Black Phone or Jordan Peele's new movie. I don't... Oh, fuck. I forgot that Jordan Peele's yeah, new Jordan movie. Yeah, Jordan Peele's new movie's coming out. Yeah, I got really high, and that uh, trailer scared me. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there's some other movies to talk about that will be coming out soon. So reach out if you'd like to talk about them. Uh, Brian was back today for fucking uh, Elvis. We'll, we'll see what he's back for next time. Could be till fucking Halloween ends, but we'll see. Um, I wish I could end. <laughs> I wish the franchise would end. Hey, fuck you. We need more Elvises. Ah! Oh, Brian! Brian! Oh!